This is Brock Edwards, and welcome to Midlife Mastery. Now, I'm curious, what are you excited about right now? What do you have going on in your life, big or small, that you're just getting jazzed about? It's, uh, well, depending on where you are in the country and the world right now, it's kind of springtime. Where I'm at, the weather's really nice this weekend. And so it just has me thinking and excited about getting out more. So some of the things that I've been working on is, you know, getting a small garden going, mountain biking more with my son, really putting a plan to it versus just sort of hoping it happens because he's old enough now that, you know, if we don't plan in advance, he he's often running for his weekend. I'm often running for my weekend and it just doesn't happen. A cart racing season started yesterday, so I have been super psyched about that coming up, and it's great to be back and racing again. I've been prepping a little bit slowly for a 10K at the end of May, and really been focused on creating better habits to gradually lose fat. Now, in the past, I have aggressively attacked my weight, and as a consequence, if you track my weight, it's kind of these V shapes, like it drops really quick and then it just rebounds as soon as I stop focusing on. So what I'm looking at now is really, rather than worrying about losing as much weight as I can, as quickly as I can, really thinking, just gradually thinking about over the span of the year and doing it in a way that is sustainable and really doesn't even require a lot of effort. So it, it's a different approach and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, lately, I've been dealing with golfer's elbow from doing pull-ups, so I injured myself. Uh, strength coach Dan John refers to that as middle-aged pull-up syndrome. It's the same as golfer's elbow, where the tendons on the inside of the elbow uh, are aggravated. And so I've been trying to figure out how to, how to work my way around that and get that better. Uh, over Christmas, I discovered Netflix has a whole bunch of foreign movies and TV shows and really been getting into some of them. There's just, I don't know, there's so much great entertainment out there in the world. And so, so different from when, you know, all of us were kids and you, you had three, maybe four channels. And so anyway, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I did an episode at the start of the year, a couple months ago about working on habits. And I'm probably going to come back and revisit that. I've, I've been having some mixed success with that. Some of it really well, some of it needing a little bit more of attention. And if you have been catching the past couple of episodes of Midlife Mastery, so we've been talking about fitness, great episode there. I encourage you to go back and listen to the one with, with Martin. And then with Teresa, we were talking about relationships and marriage. And now let's talk about finance a little bit. I haven't really had any guests on the show yet to talk about finances or retirement. And yet this is, this is reality. I have friends who are retiring now and trying to figure out what to do with their worlds. And uh, you, you may as well, or you may be planning for it. And anyway, it takes, today's guest takes a little bit of a different approach. So we're not really talking about numbers and investment and what you need to be doing there because everyone's situation is specific to them, but really talking more about lifestyle and thinking about how are we going to be fulfilled in retirement and how are we going to be able to, um, really improve the quality of our life through retirement. And, and so anyway, it, it's a great conversation. He brings up some perspectives. I've never thought about retirement that way before. Really, really enjoyed this. This actually we recorded back before the new year, actually probably back before Thanksgiving and there were just some delays. And so I'm really, really excited to get it out now. So if you're ready to get started, let's get going.
Well, today's guest is Joe Alaria, certified financial planner and host of the Retirement Power Hour podcast. And Joe, you've been doing that for for a couple of years, really focused on kind of this over 50 group. And I'm excited to have you on because longtime listeners, this podcast might not have noticed, but we've never had a finance person on. And yet that is such a big part of the second half of life. And so really, really excited to have you here, Joe. And I know I didn't go into much detail in your background. So can you give us just a, a real quick introduction, who you are and what you're about? Yeah, absolutely, Brock. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I'm excited to talk to you about all this fun stuff for the financial aspects that people have to think about when they're over 50 and in the lifestyle part of retirement as well. But a little bit about my background. Like you said, I'm the host of the Retirement Power Hour podcast where we focus a lot on financial strategies for folks over 50. Our tagline is helping listeners invest wiser and retire better. So I, I do that, but I'm also the co-founder of an independent registered investment advisory firm located in Glen Carbon, Illinois. And we have approximately just shy of 400 million in assets under management. We help, I would say the the next door millionaire folks, just regular people that have done a great job saving and we we gear them up for retirement, help them feel confident to retire. And, and then as they retire, help them with social security and, and Medicare and investing, mapping out their retirement withdrawals and all that fun stuff. Well, cool. And as I think about approaching retirement age, you know, there's I think of three groups of people and, and, you know, first group is those who really have it handled. You know, they, they've planned well, they've thought through things well, they've been working with someone or they're really, really savvy themselves mm-hmm. and hopefully they'll get something out today, but, but you know, they've, that they're pretty locked in. And, and then there's probably a group of people that that's on the way. They're not at retirement yet, but they have a good plan that they're building because, you know, kind of one of the things about over 50 is I have friends who have already retired and mm-hmm. maybe gone on to a second or third career. And then, you know, we, we all know people who no, they're not retired yet, but they've, they know the date they're retiring. They've got it all planned out They're you know, that they're barring some horrible unforeseen incident. They're set. Right. And then there's probably that third group of people who, you know, I jokingly, I, I don't know, not that funny, but kind of the work till dead group. You, you know, we've, you know, bad things happen in life. Sometimes mm-hmm. don't have a plan, sometimes had a plan and it went astray. Mm-hmm. Things come up, people get medical expenses, people get divorces, people right. get laid off, people become entrepreneurs, find out they're not great at being entrepreneurs. You know, that sets yep. them back years. And so, they're really maybe looking more at kind of the second half is like, how do you rally? And I mean, we know, of course, the best way to start planning for retirement is when you're like 20 and all that, but you know, <laughs> Hey, sure, we're, you get, you, you got to play it where it lands and, and we're here today. So I know we've kind of got these broad three groups here, but stepping back a little, just, I don't know, it, retirement feels like one of those things that everyone's got kind of a different vision for it and, and what it means. And, and what are some of the myths that you hear or deal with or debunk about retirement? Oh man, there, there's so many. I, I guess one thing I would just mention to your comment about those three groups of people is that the the group that feels behind. Yeah, that's very interesting. When I meet with people, I actually meet with a lot of people that, that think 
they are behind and they think they're in a much worse place than they actually are. You know, I, I don't know like what people think the average retirement savings is or the average retirement portfolio, but I just, it's just very interesting where I, I, I've met with several people that, you know, they, they really have a poor view of, of their own level of preparation, but we would do a financial plan for them in our firm and find out that <laughs> you're actually in great shape. You know, you you could actually retire now. I mean, I, I had that a couple with a couple people and it has to do with, you know, their, maybe, maybe their portfolio size isn't as large, but maybe they have pensions. You know, maybe they, they've got two solid social security benefits and probably the biggest thing, Brock, is their expenses are under control. You know, they're, they're very low. So the biggest myth of retirement, I think that's out there is I have to have a certain amount of money a million dollars. I mean, just whatever the whatever that number is, but I have to have a million dollars to retire. And if I don't have it, I'm not going to be able to retire. Well, that that couldn't be further from the truth. Everybody's situation is different. Everyone requires a different amount of money in retirement. So, and then uh, and some people have, like I mentioned, pensions. And uh, my dad, for example, you know, he he worked for the county government in our local, you know, area here. And he didn't even have a 401k, you know, they, they have a pension plan and they put money into it for him for 38 years. So he, he retired with that, you know, and there's, there's still people out there that are like that, he, you know, that may not have as much, but they've got these other sources of income and they make a huge difference when you retire. Well, I, okay. So let's step back. So someone who's in that kind of, oh no, do I have enough? you know, when you start working with someone kind of what, what are you looking at? What are you looking for to kind of start planning and figuring out like how much is enough for this person in this situation? Yeah, we, we look at everything. I mean, we look at the existing assets that they have, their investments. We look at again, how much they spend, what of what is their expected amount from social security and any other any other sources of income, and we just we start to map it out like a giant puzzle. And a lot of times, you know, they, everything is just so unorganized, and and we just work through piece by piece to try to to make sense of it and to provide some clarity to folks. And that's really what whether whether you have a professional do a financial plan for you or not, you know, you kind of have to go through that process. You can do it yourself if, if you'd like, but you really have to first get organized, figure out what are all the pieces that exist, and then try to project that out into the future. You know, this is what everything looks like today. What's it going to look like a year from now? What's it going to look like five years from now? You know, so we go year by year. I, I think of it, Brock, like one time we bought a, I have two young kids and we bought a a playground set for, for my kids. And, uh, you know, it, it does not come assembled. <laughs> it comes in these huge boxes. And if you just spread it out, all the parts, you know, like when we got the, when we got all this stuff, we just, we got the boxes, we started taking the parts out and you just start to get really overwhelmed because you're like, how am I going to take this and make it into that picture on the side of the box? But so we actually ended up giving up halfway through and, and just hiring someone out, you know, so sometimes it helps to have someone to walk you through that who's done it before, but yeah, just started by get getting organized. 
obviously like developing a budget, figuring out what you actually need to spend every month in retirement. It's a huge thing that no one likes to do, but it's so important and it's, it helps financial planners do a much better job, much more accurate job on the, on the retirement plan. Well, it, you know, it strikes me, it's really hard to edit your own writing. I mean, it's hard, hard to edit your own work. So I imagine a, a fresh set of eyes is very, very helpful there. Sure. And also we, we don't know what we don't know. So what are, what are some of the things that people often just aren't aware they should be thinking about or should be bringing into that consideration? Well, I think one of the, there's a lot of investment misconceptions when you get closer to retirement. You know, they talk about things that people don't know. They don't know, how should I be invested? And so that's a, that's a big one that we help answer. And, you know, like right now, as we record this, the market is down and it's been down all year. It's been a very, very tough year, very challenging year for investors. Very, I've used the word annoying quite a bit and not because people are calling and people are annoying me. That, that's not it at all because we, we have such great clients. I've hardly received any phone calls all year, but just annoying that the market's down. No one likes to see it down. We want it to come back, but I think people don't know. They don't know how to be invested. They don't know how they are going to go about pulling money out of their accounts when they retire. You know, I had like I have these different accounts and they have different tax ramifications if I pull out of, you know, one account versus another. So what you said, pe- people don't know what they don't know. And so there's a lot of there are a lot of things that that can be done and things that can be evaluated to maybe save money here, add some money there, where most clients, most people come in, they just, it's not what they do. And so they just don't know where to look. But one of the biggest things I would say is investments and helping people have better investor behavior. You know, it's one of the biggest areas, especially during down markets like we're in right now. We get to retirement and or, or we've got it on the horizon. And one of the things that we were talking about before we even hit hit record here was kind of this idea of fulfillment and retirement. In fact, stepping back a little, I mean, you'd even right. just got me thinking about like different levels of retirement, you know, kind of the do I have enough to even survive? Do I have enough to sure I can get by and that's okay? Or, you know, do I have enough to live a reduced life? Do I have enough to live kind of full life? Does my life get better? But this idea of fulfillment, because I I love that idea because it's more than just about the money. We're we're talking more lifestyle. We're talking about a big life change here. I mean, we've all heard the statistics of, you know, the, the, the people who pass away very soon after retirement because they lose all purpose. Exactly. And so, so I love the topic. So <laughs> I'm trying to think of kind of how, how do we jump in there? What What is this kind of intersection of finance and fulfillment? Or how do you help people start planning for having that meaningful retirement once, you know, kind of the dust settles and they walk away from their job that last day? Yeah, that's a great question. I like to, I visualize this, you know, the first step in this process as, getting over that first big hurdle brock which is can i just can i survive because i mean it's 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 running at about i mean it's near a hundred percent of people that come into our office unless 
you know, and again, we don't, we don't have a lot of clients that, that I would just say are ultra wealthy that just walk in and they're like, I have no, no concern about running out of money. You know, some, you know, a few are like that, but most are not like that. Most come in and they're one mistake away from, from success and one, or, you know, one mistake away from failure and, and, and a couple of good decisions away from, from doing everything they really ever wanted to do in retirement. So there's a right there on this very marginal area where it could go either way, but all of them are looking at that first hurdle. Like I just need to be able to survive. Can I just, can I just live and pay my bills in retirement? You know, can I just stop working and stop doing what I'm doing? That's the first one, but it's such a big mental hurdle and without a plan, without a financial plan, a retirement plan, vast majority of people never get over that hurdle. Some people still will go ahead and retire Brock, but they'll just retire hoping that they can survive, but they don't really know. They don't really have clarity. So even those that a lot of them that we do this sort of is this financial planning process, developing a retirement plan that they'll they'll retire. We'll show them what the future looks like. But a lot of people, it's like they, it's like they don't even believe it and they never get to the next step. The next step is what matters the most. The next step is what am I going to do for the next, you know, 20, the average retirement. I, I looked this up not too long ago is the average retirement's like 18 years. That's kind of a shocker. I mean, when I, when we talk retirement, we're, we talk like, you know, 25, 20, 25, 30 years, but the average retirement's 18 years. And so money's great. Like I said, before we jumped on here, you know, we help people to try and maximize and improve their bottom line, maximize their investments and do all those things. And that's all great, but it's only really great if it helps you do something that actually means something to you. If you just die with $5 million in your portfolio, you know, I guess if you have kids, it goes to your kids, but you can't take it with you. And that's oftentimes it's rarely is, rarely is that the goal where people just say, Joe, I want to, I just want to maximize all the money that I can so that when I die, I just have the most money I can possibly have. <laughs> the, like hardly anybody wants that to be the goal. So I, I challenge people on once we get past that first hurdle, let's think outside the box so that we can talk about things that are actually going to give you a, a higher quality of life. So that first level is survival. The second level is, is probably, you know, kind of like the status quo or doing, doing some of the, it's like one half step out of the box. It's, can we travel? Can we take, take this trip? you know, once a year, twice a year, can we do a few extras that we, we were not accustomed to doing, but those things generally don't lead to fulfillment. They, I mean, I, I witness it. I, I tell people I have a, a, a live case study, you know, on retirement. I, I'm not retired. I'm going to work for a long time, but I get to see, I talk to hundreds of people of, hundreds and hundreds of interactions all year of people that are that are retired or getting close and so i get to hear what what's on their mind and and i get to witness you know from from what the things that they do how much of that leads to a, a truer truer higher quality of life and the things that don't so that that second level is is great but that third level of that fulfillment pyramid is the place where you're 
where you're waking up every day, you're excited and you, you feel like you're having an impact. And that could be giving money to kids, grandkids, paying for education. That could be charitable endeavors. It, it might be a little bit of hobby induced, you know, things like that, but it's, it's generally something to do with others and not generally, you know, yourself. But if you never get past that first hurdle, you're never comfortable enough to think outside the box of, all right, I'm good. Now, who can I go help? Yeah, Joe, I'm afraid my brain got stuck back there a little bit on a couple of things you, you said. One was <laughs> average retirement's 18 years. So I didn't realize it was yeah. that long. I mean, I know we're living longer, but I didn't realize you're looking at about two decades worth of figuring out stuff to do or continuing to survive or whatever it looks Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. And just my own wiring, if I didn't know, I would be much more inclined to keep working, not realizing that I had enough to retire versus just going, well, I'm ready to retire. Hope it lasts. So that kind of terrified me just hearing that some people jump into it that way, more power to them. Hope it works out. But right. yeah, yeah. Put it, putting it, your parachute it, on on the way down is a little frightening. Absolutely. Well, hundred percent. And it, it, usually it comes down to how miserable are you at your job? You know? Mm. So <laughs> some people come in and, and I'm like, so when do you want to retire? Almost everyone says yesterday, but, but some people really want to retire. And when, when I do a retirement plan, there's, there's, there are assumptions that we have to make. And so there is some variance in the projected outcomes, right? It's, it's, it's like a normal distribution curve. You know, there, there's a pretty high percentage chance we can, assets will last till this age. You know, there's maybe a, a smaller chance they'll last further, but nothing's a hundred percent. Like we, we have to make assumptions. So the people that are really miserable in their job are usually more willing to, to roll the dice and just say close enough. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and retire, but you know, we help them. We help those people with Hey, there, there are ways you can retire. Like you can always make the retirement equation work. You know, you, you can always make it work. You may not like what you have to do to make it work, but you can always make it work. Meaning, you know, if you want to retire extremely early, you just have to spend hardly any money, but you can do that. You know, you have to, you, you may need to decrease your expenses, but yeah, that some people do jump in. Many people, like you said, which I don't know if it's better or worse, Brock, but they'll just keep working, just right. work themselves into the ground. And the bad thing there is maybe they're not, they're, they're just kind of in, a, they're just in the, the, the working mode. They're just in a, in a habitual cycle, you know, just doing the same thing over and over. And it's not the worst thing in the world, but if they're not really jazzed up about their job if it's if it's not something that they really are passionate about they care about then they're just they're letting those crucial years in retirement just just evaporate you know you well, whenever covid came i had clients that you know they talked about that they're prime retirement age prime age to travel and the you know they they went a year or two years nearly without the ability to travel. And they we were just, you know, having a conversation about, about that, that, that very thing. They realized that we're not going to be able to travel like this. And it was just very unfortunate that 
they literally weren't able to during that time because those years are now gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when we talk about this, this fulfillment piece, Joe, cause I, I like now that you mentioned it. Okay. So I get like, I don't like my current life. So I want a different one. Like I hate my job so much. I just want something different in my mm-hmm. life. I, I, I guess I, you, you know, you're running from, so you're not really thinking about what's ahead. You're just running from something behind you. Right. Or you've got the ones, as you kind of mentioned, that there's sort of an idea of what they're going to do. Like, Hey, maybe they get to travel or maybe they get to spend time with, with grandkids. But when we talk about fulfillment, I, I start, at least in my mind, it makes me start thinking about like identity level. Like who am I now? Exactly. You know, who am I becoming? What, how am I going to be different because of this retirement? And so I, I love your idea about, you know, how do you make this an even higher quality of life for you? I just thought, I mean, you really have to know who you are to answer that question. And this is the fun part about what I do when we get to have those conversations is like, all right, we, we've checked off level one survival. We've even checked off level two, like some of the extras, some of the survival plus, let's just call it, you know, but when I could, to have that conversation. And I just ask probing questions like, you know, trying to get at what will provide f- financial fulfillment or just overall fulfillment in life. I mean, we all, we don't have any time guaranteed. You know, I, I may be in my thirties, but I have no, I don't have 30, 40, 50 years guaranteed, you know, so w- we really need to ask ourselves this question at any age, what's going to provide me fulfillment today? Right. And it's probably not going to be go out and buy that nice car or whatever, you know, like that stuff's fun. And, and again, maybe there's place for that here and there, but generally speaking, that's not going to provide fulfillment. That's going to be temporary happiness until we get, get over that thing. So I've actually, I've actually asked that question about fulfillment, Brock, and some clients of mine, you know, they've just kind of sat there and like, wow, that's, that's, that's a tough question to answer. You know, that's, that's a hard question to answer. And it, and it can be, you, it's very introspective and you got to really figure out who you are, who you want to be, understand and know your values and then start building your, you know, building your plan from there. Well, yeah. And and, sorry. I mean, I'm just thinking here, Joe, because you know, in our thirties and our forties, you know, we're dealing with kids, we're dealing with career. Those are great things, but they're also can be distractions. Like we get our identity through those things, you know, we get our identity through our job and we get our identity from, you know, who we are as a parent or a spouse or, or whatever, but you hit retirement and coincidentally your kids probably aren't around then. So, you know, like, those two big ways that we identified ourselves are just gone. Right. And I can imagine that being just a very kind of jolting. Who am I now? Now that I don't exactly. define myself the way I've always defined myself. Yeah. And, and, you know, th- there's an intersection of this stuff and finances like at, at every turn. And I talked about actually on my show, I talked with our friend, Kevin English about, you know, the, this notion that it's not all downhill once you hit 50 or once you hit 55, 60, it's, it's not all downhill, but if you have that mentality, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If you, if you have that mentality, that's like you said, the people that lose purpose, 
after they retire and then you know they some of them unfortunately you know they pass away shortly after they retire or they get they get an illness or something like that but staying engaged after you retire and being engaged in something that means something to you like you said there could be eight, 18 years is the average retirement so people are some people live 25 30 and especially if you retire early some of our clients retire at 55 years old you know so you could there could be 30 35 years of retirement that's a long time so figuring out you know that something for that that next phase that next phase of life there are a lot of terms floating out around about retirement too like your second act or some people aren't using retirement anymore just just evolving you know i'm evolving into the next phase i'm transitioning into the next phase of life so i i'm all for it whatever triggers you know that in the brain to say i'm not done yet i'm just going to the next phase of my life so you need a plan but a lot of I, like getting purpose from your career a lot of people do fall into that and and they have a hard time thinking what am i going to do after you know not everyone has hobbies even people that have hobbies it's like i love to golf well are you, are you going to golf every day all day you know, think about it. It's 40 hours a week that you're working before that you got to fill. But I'll give you, I'll give you a, a sleeper strategy, Brock. And, and that is for people that retire, but can work, you know, they pick up something else that they, that they enjoy doing. It's not about the money at that point, but it's something that they can be engaged in a couple of days a week, gets them out and about best case scenario is something they're passionate about. But you know, I told you my dad, my dad retired and he tired from retired from an IT position and, you know, it was a good, good job, good career. And then he, but he was one of those people that was with that really wanted to retire. And so he did retire, but then he went and drove a dump truck for a couple of years. So how does that happen? Well, he was in a cubicle for, for 38 years. So he wanted to get out and, you know, just do something different. And, you know, he enjoyed it for, for a while and he, he does several other things as well, but yeah, it's just getting out and exploring. Like you're not, you're not done at that point. Well, and I can imagine that the career pressures are a little different. Like if you're not like, I have to have this job to eat when it's much more of, yeah, I'm retired. I want to go do something else to amuse myself or, and I don't mean to make that sound trite, then you can play and can explore a little bit. And if you yeah, if you want to go drive a dump truck, Awesome. There, there's not like, oh, I'm going to be doing this for the next 50 years and I have to do this to feed my family. It's sure. more of a, that just sounds like a cool thing to do. And and the financial impact of, of semi-retirement income is, is actually, I think it's much bigger than folks think. Hmm. And I think that's another myth of retirement is that if, if I retire from my main job and then I get something else that's only paying 30 grand a year or 25 grand a year, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to make a big difference, but actually makes a huge difference, especially for, for certain people. It can make a really, really big difference. So semi-retirement income, it's good mentally, keeps you engaged. A lot of people that work longer actually live longer. And it's if you can get something a couple of days a week, so it's not overly demanding, you still have time for yourself. I mean, it's really a win-win-win. It's one of the best, best strategies that I've seen. And I even encourage people that don't even need the money, you know, maybe look at going and getting like a volunteer gig. That's a couple of days a week, something that you can be regularly engaged in that 
people, you know, are counting on you. You can get, get some fulfillment, feel good, be passionate, but it, it's, it's about as good for the mind as it is for your financial picture and your portfolio. Well, that, that's really interesting, Joe, because I've never heard anyone express just the idea of a, a semi-retirement strategy. I mean, I know of semi-retirement through like necessity, like, you know, retirement only covered so much. And so if I want to eat, I've got to, you know, go, right. go work somewhere. And I guess I know people who have done it, you know, they retired and then got bored or whatever. And so took on other work, but really just, I, I guess I haven't thought about that as just building that into the strategy. Like, yes, I'm going to retire and absolutely here's what I'm going to do going forward. I mean, I guess that's going into the, how do I create a fulfilling and just higher quality of life in this, you know, kind of yeah. the, the next stage. There's this framework that, that we did an episode about on our show called design. It, the, the framework is called design your life and, and we did not create it, but it was created by a couple Stanford professors and you can go to design your dot life, I think is the, their website. But you know, we talked about design your retirement life, but it's just, it's literally, again, if you, if you really look inside introspectively and, and think about, you know, I only have so much time left, what matters the most to me? If I just kept living the way I live now, how much fulfillment am I going to gain? Right. So I, even for me, I could say, I need to build in that stuff now. That's very important to me. And that matters to me. And and I can do that while I'm working, but I only have so many options, right? But if you, as you get closer to retirement, maybe you get to the point that you can say, you know, like, like one of my clients where we said, look, you can retire. And if you make $50,000 a year for another five years, you can retire from the job that you hate right now. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to have to work. You won't have to work five more years, but you might have to work three more years of your, of your normal job. Right. So it helps some people really get out of something they don't enjoy as much. And then again, some people, they, they find something that's, that's not too bad. They stay engaged. It keeps them, keeps them sharp mentally. Some, some, I think I see this probably in men, maybe more, but they, this identity in their work and the fulfillment that comes from earning a dollar where some men just, I think, they like getting up and going to work, maybe not, but they like to, they like to earn money. You know, they like, they like, and they don't know probably what they're, what they would do if they didn't have work to get up and go to. So I still think, you know, there's, there's this whole, there's this, there's this whole group of retirement coaches out there that I've become aware of the last couple of years. You know, these people that focus on coaching, counseling, retirees, because there's, there's so many layers to this. It's just incredible, but I'm doing that as well. You know, I I'm passionate about that too, and helping people find out what matters the most and help, you know, to get to the bottom of their value system so that they can start planning out. Cause all this, again, it's the finances are just the vehicle that makes all this stuff work. And it's also funny the number of people that say, you know, I really, I've got a couple of kids, but I really don't want to pass away with $3 million. And we do a projection and it's like, well, that's exactly the path that you're on. So it's not only about what you do, but it's about how you, how you use the money that you have. So you're, you're right now, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to die with $3 million. Well, we don't really want to, we don't want to do that. I want to give my kids 
you know, maybe I got two kids. I don't want, I don't want to give them a million and a half each. You know, some do. That's great. Some, some don't though. I'm like, well, if you don't change what you're doing, you're, it's exactly what you're going to do. So we need to talk about that. I, I've encouraged people to spend more money, you know, as a, as a starting point, again, level two, like let's spend, just try it. Just things that might raise your retirement satisfaction a little bit, but it's not, it doesn't always do the trick. One client said to me, she, after I had a, had that conversation with her and her husband, they went out to a nice steak dinner and she told me how much she paid for her steak. And she said, and it about made me sick. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, so don't, don't spend money. If it's going to, that's, if it's going to make you sick, that's the opposite effect that we're going for here. So it doesn't, you know, it's not, like I said, just spending more on yourself doesn't generally, doesn't always do the trick. Sometimes it might, but that's why it's level two. There's another level above that. And well, I just, it's so rare that people get to there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was saying, I mean, it does underscore that just unless we really give thought to it, I mean, it's just easy to think that, hey, everyone's like me. So we'd all be thinking that versus some people need to spend more. Some people are going to hate to spend more. That's not what's going to bring them fulfillment. It's something else that's going to bring them fulfillment. And, you know, I don't know, just the way retirement is often presented, you know, just society, media, whatever you know, it's kind of like this finish line, you get to cross it and then there's not much else thought there. So I, I totally get the idea of retirement coaches. I didn't know those existed, but now that you tell me that they do, that makes sense. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to, to see like how deep this area went because I focus a lot on the financial side and that's hard enough. You know, people come in, there's a ton of concerns. You make it, it's like, climbing to the top of a mountain, you know, and the, and retirement's the top of the mountain. Well, you still got to get down the mountain when you climb to the top. And I, I heard some statistic one time about Mount, Mount Everest, you know, the, there's people that obviously that die trying to climb Mount Everest, but the majority of people die on the way down. And so there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pitfalls in retirement as you, as you're trying to get down the mountain financially, you're trying to just, you're trying to make it through and you're trying to, you know, I'm challenging people to, to, to do more than just if, if you can, but I can't challenge everybody to spend more money or give more to their kids or give more charity. If you do need to take care of yourself first, and I can't stress that enough, you know, getting a financial plan and a retirement plan. Cause if, if you, the first hurdle is, is important. It is that first hurdle for a reason. I mean, we got to get over that. You can't talk about any of this other stuff financially, unless we know that you can take care of yourself. But if you can get over that first hurdle, then of course, and all this stuff applies. So the, the spectrum of financial concerns is huge, but the, there's a spectrum of lifestyle concerns and fitness, you know, there's finance, there's fitness, there's family, there's so much that goes on. So yeah, these coaches I'm sure provide a lot of value. We, we do our best to, to counsel and just to probe and get people thinking about these things. Well, and so I was going to ask you a question, but I'm realizing there's probably not an, an answer to it here, Joe, because everyone's different as we've just been talking about everyone's different. But of course sure. the question, you know, everyone wants to know is, Hey, what should I be investing in? Like, you know, what's, what's the miracle answer, Joe, that, you know, is going to let me retire or, or do that. But so I know you can't answer that because everyone's needs are different, but 
Are there some general broad things that people should be thinking about kind of as they're in their 50s, 60s, looking ahead to retirement to just be thinking about their investments? Well, I would say absolutely. For the folks that too feel they're behind, social security is going to be one of the biggest factors for them. If you don't have a portfolio or you don't have a big one, social security is probably going to be the biggest part of your retirement. And it's the only thing to my knowledge still today that is linked directly to inflation. So if I'm if I'm behind what a lot of people do Brock is that you know they'll retire and they may retire early or too soon or whatever they'll launch into retirement and think well I'm 62 now I can start taking social security I should be fine right then they don't have enough but when you take social security early you take a reduction in your benefit. So you have to wait until your full retirement age to get your full benefit that could be 67, it could be 66 and some change. 67 is the latest full retirement age we have as of right now. But then you could continue to to delay your benefit to age 70. So what a lot of people do is actually backwards. And I'm not talking about investments yet, but I'm leading into that. But what a lot of people do is they say, I want to take Social Security. I want to take the government's money and I don't want to touch my money. I want to leave my money aside because I don't have that much. I didn't save a lot. I don't have that much. Or or maybe I did. I saved a ton. Like I don't know. But I want to take Social Security because if I die and you know I haven't, you know, I didn't take as much out as I put in, I'm I'm not gonna like that, right? Well, first of all, you won't you won't care because you're not gonna be here. But <laughs> but usually for those people that feel behind, the best thing they can possibly do is to scrap and claw and use whatever investments they have for income and let their social security continue to grow and and earn delayed credits because it will continue to, especially the last couple of years it's it's gone up social security's gone up a ton with inflation being high so as compared to taking at 62 or you know, taking a sixty-two and trying to preserve my my money. Like if you if you're behind, your investments will probably run out at some point, and all you'll have at that point is Social Security. So you want that number to be as high as you possibly can can get it. But what what to invest in is a question that I answer the same for twenty-five year olds and eighty year olds. And it's another. It's I'm answering the question by asking another question. When are you going to need the money? When are you going to access the money? Every investment type has a period of time it's really designed for. There are short-term investments, mid-term, long-term investments. And so I, I use the analogy of like a recipe. They all have a cook time. You know, stocks have a cook time in our opinion. Meaning if you're going to invest in a stock, you know, be like Warren Buffett, have the mentality, I'm not going to sell the stock for 10 years. I'm going to hold this thing for 10 years. So that's the cook time. Now, you know, when you cook, if you're making a baking a, a pie or baking a cake and it takes 30 minutes and you only cook it for five, it's not going to, it's not going to come out real reliably how, how you want it to, right? It's not going to taste very good. So that's what I, I try to share. People, sometimes they'll invest in stocks, which are long-term investments, but they'll, they'll pull them out after five minutes and take a bite and say, well, what's going on here? This tastes terrible, right? Well, that's because they're really not designed to be invested. Like people look at them every day, every month, every quarter, you know, the the market's down 20% this year. Well, 
what's it done the last 10 years? Right. So just looking at it in a different, different lens. So that's what, you know, we just bucket that out. How much are you going to draw in the next year? Those are short-term investments. We put enough money there. How much are you going to draw in the next two to 10 years? Add that up, put that in that middle bucket. And then anything that's 10 plus years, those are stocks. They go in the stock bucket. And we put the rest in that. So ho hopefully that answers or helps someone out there who, you know, the, the misconception I think that a lot of times people have is they come to retirement, they think I need to be very conservative. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you have semi-retirement income. Maybe you've got pension. Maybe you're not withdrawing anything from your portfolio. So if, if you're not going to need the money for 10 plus years, you could actually continue to be fairly aggressive. So that's really interesting. And I thank you for sharing that strategy there, Joe, of kind of using your money first before going to social security. Right. And and that makes, you know, hadn't thought about it, makes a ton of sense. We're living longer and longer. So, and we don't know how long we're going to live. So a, a way to make sure we have maximum money on that other side of 70 seems like a good idea, but isn't normally how we might think about it. So, so anyway, thank, thank you for, for sharing yeah, that. David Blanchett was a, is a very well-known person in the financial world and a retirement expert. I had him on my show as well. And he, he just said, you know, the worst case scenario, if you do that, and if you delay social security is like the amount of stuff, like we're saying that you you pass away prematurely. Like you weren't, you didn't have the opportunity to pull everything out of social security that you put in. So what happens there? Well, you, you didn't run out of money most likely because you died early. So the amount of stuff you leave behind is less. So like generally you, your, your kids, whoever, they get less stuff, but that compared to you living a long time and having a lower social security benefit, like that's a much worse case scenario. You know, if that were to happen versus just leaving less stuff, you know, if you're married too, and you delay, your spouse can actually enjoy the higher benefit. So that's not even, you know, if you say, well, I I'm going to delay, but I'm, or I'm not going to delay because I'm worried I'm going to pass away. And then my spouse won't get, no, they'll, they'll get the higher benefit. So if you delay it, it could still benefit your spouse as well. So it, it generally does make sense, but no one ever wants to do it. <laughs> they want, they look at social security as someone else's money. So I'm going to use their money and not touch my own money. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great example of just, you know, not knowing what we don't know, like explain that way. It makes total sense, but without the explanation, it's easy to go down a different path, you know, without that perspective and. And social security, they, you know, people are concerned it's going to not be here, go bankrupt. That's the biggest pushback I get when I say that Brock, do you, have you ever heard anybody talk about that? Like social security is not going to be around. They're going to oh for. 30 years now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and right now, if no changes are made to the social security system, it's, it's not that social security goes away, but in 2034, the reserve fund 20, it's some, it's hovered between 2033 to 2035, but there's a reserve fund and that is going to get depleted. And so at that point, there would only be enough money coming in from people like me. I'm still going to be paying Social Security tax. So there's only enough money coming in to pay about 76% of benefits going out. 
So it's not that it, it all goes away. It's a serious concern. But again, my friend, David Blanchett, as he said on my show, I think the chances of Social Security cutting everyone's benefit by 25% are precisely zero. It's not going to happen. And I tend to agree with him on that. I know too many people, too many retirees, you know, some may be listening to the show that that's all they have. And it's, it's, it's going to be, um, not a pretty picture if their, if their income gets cut by 25% and they're living on social security. So there are changes that can be made. Hopefully the people in charge can get it figured out sooner than later and make those changes. Well, so retirement finance, I mean, these are huge topics. Obviously you do a whole show on it, so we're not going to cover everything here in, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes, whatever. But before we wrap up today, Joe, is there anything else would be a good idea to cover or any just kind of anything we haven't touched on that, you know, you get asked about a lot or that people, you know, just kind of those burning questions? I just want to encourage people that that are listening, if if you, you haven't had someone do a financial plan, I just want to encourage them to to do that, just to take that step. And I know it can be very scary for some. I feel similar about, you know, going to the doctor, getting blood work done or whatever, but I would just, I would encourage you to do that because there's always a way to make it work, you know, and it, it's not, it's not life or death, you know, at the other end of extreme wealth, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be extreme poverty, just it, but just the sooner that you take action and the, the sooner you'll be able to design your life. And if you need to get back on track, then, then you can. But I, I look at, you know, there's, there's always a way to make it work in retirement. And the other end of wealth is, doesn't have to be poverty, poverty, but it can be contentment. You know, it's all relative. And if we can just understand that this thing is bigger than just money, Money's important, but if we can understand that this thing called life is bigger than that, you know, we can be content with whatever we have. But if you're going down the wrong path and we have a chance to correct it, you know, and to get you to the top of that that pyramid of financial fulfillment, then why you know, let's do that sooner than later. Well, Joe, this has been a really cool conversation today. I thought about finance in ways that I don't normally think about finance. And so I love that, that connection to the fulfillment, that connection of, you know, who am I going to be? Who am I growing into? How can I use retirement to do that? The idea that not all hope is lost, like, you know, <laughs> you, you can make it work from wherever. And, but having a plan help, knowing where you're actually at helps tremendously. And so where can people, like, if they want to listen to Retirement Power Hour, where can they find your show? Or if they want to track you down and get in touch with you, where can they do that? Yeah. So you can go to retirementpowerhourpodcast.com, retirementpowerhourpodcast.com, and all of our shows are there. And if you are out there and you want to, we actually offer a free retirement analysis through through the show, through the podcast. So you can just click work with me, schedule. It just starts with a 30-minute phone call. We'll take you through the whole process. But, you know, and again, on our show, we're financially focused. We're talking about a lot of, a lot of financial topics. So even if you just wanted to kind of continue to hear more about that end of things, as opposed to the lifestyle and just subscribe, listen, and we answer questions on the show too. So they can, they can actually submit a question, record it, and I'll read it on a future episode. Awesome. Joe, this has been fantastic. Thank you for being on today. Brock, thanks so much. I appreciate it. I hope it was helpful to all the listeners. Thanks everyone for listening.